Hello and welcome to another episode of Yorkshire Talents in the Arts. I'm absolutely delighted to welcome today someone who is probably the most driven person I've ever met in my <laughs> life. Like she's always so busy, I don't know how she fits it in. Uh, she's a fantastic actress uh, and a wonderful person. I'm really delighted to welcome Laura Castle. Laura, oh, welcome. Thank you. If I get that introduction every time, I'll come again. <laughs> uh, no, really, really pleased to, to have you here because I do, do know how busy you are. So it's, uh, yes. it's really great that you you managed to carve some time out to, to talk to me. Anything oh, for you, oh, Matt. That's very kind. Uh, so, well, let's just start with the basics. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah. I'm very well, busy, yeah, as usual, yeah. as usual, but I like to keep busy. So, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm very happy at the moment and yes. um, and content. Oh, well, that's good. That's yeah. a good place to be. We like yeah. content. Yeah, nice. So, I was wondering, well, I mean, I wasn't wondering, I know this, but I was trying to pinpoint exactly when we first met mm. and it would have been when you were casting Not A Game For Girls. Yeah. Back in 2017. <laughs> Way back when. Way off the rock, yeah. And, and I don't say this lightly, I remember, because I came into that quite late, I remember I was uh, doing the lighting last mm -hmm. minute, and I remember, obviously I didn't know you at all, but I remember watching uh, you in, some, in a scene that you were doing and thinking, wow, who's that? Like, she's a standout, she's a really, really strong actress. <sighs> Thank uh, you very much. So, which leads me to the next sort of question it's actually always something you've done right from an early age because mm. you grew up in Bradford, right? I did, yes. Yeah. So I'm from Bradford originally, grew up in Bradford. And yeah, I think I have done it from an early age actually because my my dad is really into theatre, really into... My mum is very dramatic, not necessarily into theatre, but just very dramatic person. Okay. Um, so maybe that's where I get it from. Um, but my dad uh, has always been in, into theatre and he always used to tell us, me and my brother, when we were younger about plays that he'd been in, particularly um, Shakespeare players. He used to love being in Shakespeare players, playing mm. the comedy sort of person, you know, Andrew Agutichik, I think he played, and he's got newspaper clippings of it and stuff like that. And he doesn't do that anymore and so I think he was really happy that both of his kids were into drama so yeah from a very young age I did sort of drama clubs after school clubs um, really wanted to be like a big part in the nativity or the school play and everything at primary school I always got given the narrator right. um, I think that was because I was chatty okay. which uh, you know kind of helps me in my job now I'm sure we'll get on to later <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> but, um, and then I went to high school and just immediately joined whatever drama club I could be in because by that point I was like, yes, this is what I want to do forever. And, yeah, started off as a waitress in Bugsy Malone. Oh, nice. That was my first ever school production at high school and then gradually kind of worked my way, my way up. And then in my last ever production at high school, I was Maid Marian in Robin Hood. So that's, you know, main part. But it was also um, an adaption of Robin Hood that my brother had written. Because my brother is a scriptwriter. Oh, right. Oh, that's so nice. it was oh, really brilliant. nice for my parents as well to come and watch the last show that we were both in and be like, ah, oh, my son wrote this and my daughter's starring yeah, in it. Brilliant. This is amazing. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And so have you always been, because you strove as quite a driven person. Is that something that also has been from quite an early age? Early mm. age have you always wanted to have things to do and be busy? And... Yeah, I think I'm not very, I mean, I'm lazy in the sense that if I'm offered to sleep in, I will sleep in forever. Okay. Right. Um, <laughs> But I'm very, I feel like I need to be doing something mm. a lot of the time. If I'm not, I kind of have that, um, I think that it's, I think it has a name like unproductive syndrome or, so, or something yeah. where if you're sat still for, for a little bit too long, you're like, right, no, I need to be doing something here. I need to be productive. I, I feel a bit guilty. Mm. I get like yeah, imposter syndrome right, yeah. um, if I'm not doing something, which is probably not that healthy all of the time. Um, but certainly, yeah, from a young age, I've always been quite ambitious and and wanting to be busy right. yeah 
do you think i mean i i think i discussed this on the last podcast i did a bit but um i sometimes wonder if it links to like mental health as well so i know mm. for me myself if i'm not doing much um i soon get down uh, yeah. and i feel like i need i'm like now for my own mental health sake i need to be doing something absolutely uh, do you ever feel that yeah yeah i think so i think it, you kind of your thoughts can run away with themselves if you're left in a room yeah, on yeah. your own for too long yeah. <laughs> and so um yeah that definitely plays a part in it mental health does and also i think being busy doing something you love and being busy and having a hobby like drama or theatre somewhere where you can escape and and be someone else for a while or do something funny or be around it's a very social thing you mm. know being being interested in in drama as you'll know being in like plays and stuff you meet so many new people yeah. that i think it's it's a really good for your mental health and so when you get used to doing that then when you have sort of a day where you're not doing anything you're like oh okay yeah, what do I do now? Oh, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and of course, we all know, well, that was like when COVID hit and lockdown, well, so yeah. there was nothing to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so you came to York, and I'm going to assume that was yes. because of university. Yes, it was. Nice. Indeed, York St. John University. Okay. Yeah. Uh, to study drama? To study theatre, oh, yes. Theatre at York St. John, which I started in 20... 17 it will have oh, been okay oh, so yeah. it was the same year you did mm. uh, not against girls right okay. it was it was yeah. yeah i think i was kind of like i had the bug mm. after you know you leave high school and you're like oh, how else am i gonna you don't think about there being theater companies outside of the one that you've been in at school yeah, i course. don't know what yeah, you know yeah. I, it's not something i ever looked into because i was just always in the clubs at school and then when i came to uni i, I joined the musical production society right. at, at university um but i was also kind of sort of on the lookout for, for something outside of uni to get involved in and and i saw on facebook the audition come up for not again for girls right, whilst nice. whilst i was sort of starting at uni and i thought that looks done that looks fun let's do that and i'd played football Right. As well. Oh, you did? For oh, a long time. Oh, right. okay. Yeah. I played football for 10 years and then I stopped when I came to uni because it was so expensive to join the university What's team. It? Right. it was like £300. Really? And as a student, I could not yeah, afford that's, that. that's ludicrous. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so instead I thought, well, if I can't play football, I'll just pretend to be a footballer and act as a footballer nice, yeah. <laughs> in this play. It was a great job. Mm, thank you. Thank yeah, you. I mean, it was an excellent production, was that? I think it... It was great. I think a lot of people, it really sort of... I don't know, it resonated with a lot of people, I mm -hmm. think. Um, you know, and there, there was a real charm to it, I think, as well. Mm. I think uh, true stories help, I think, personally, as well. I think it's yeah. nice knowing that these things actually happened. But no, it was, a, it was a really, really strong production, was that? I think it would be very interesting to do it again now, after the success of The Lionesses. Right, yes. You know, because yeah, at the time when we did it, really, like, women in football, even then, even, even just, you know, a few years ago, it wasn't that big no not at all and not certainly not as big as it is now yeah and so i think doing it now would would be interesting to see what yes, the audience reaction would. would be yeah i suspect you're right actually i think mm. the fact that obviously their great win really elevated women's football mm -hmm. yeah and i'm trying to think what when me too was as well was that was that pre me too i was losing my sense of time i'll have been before yeah, I, I yeah, say before. yeah, 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 yeah. again so that will have that will have had an effect yeah absolutely yeah Maybe we'll do it again. I think possibly. <laughs> so, um, did that uh, did that open doors for you? Think in York was, was that your way into? I suppose like amateur York community, or maybe community theatre, I should say, rather than amateur. yes. I feel like amateur. Community. I feel amateur is sort of under 
unfair negative connotations. It does, yeah. It, it shouldn't do. No, but it, it does. shouldn't. It does. No, yeah, it absolutely did. It opened the door. And um, I, I obviously continued to do things at, at university because I was doing theatre, but the degree that I did at York St John was very much based on devising and creating your own work as opposed to script writing, working with a script, acting. Right. It wasn't an acting degree. It was okay. a kind of, I don't want to say pretentious, but at points it was, or it would have been viewed as that. Definitely. You know, I really enjoyed it, um, and it gave me a lot of skills to to sort of move on with in life. But it wasn't necessarily, yeah, it wasn't acting. We weren't acting. We were devising things and creating art. Um, so it was very different, and I, I really enjoyed acting, and I wanted to carry on doing that as well. So obviously, not again for girls open that door, and then and then since then, um, it's been quite fun to be part of Off the Rocks in different sort of capacities because yeah. I've directed plays with Off the Rocks and I've got to know a lot of people like yourself mm -hmm. and you know other creatives in York through Off the Rock and that's sort of helped me you know when you've got connections yeah. you're kind of really in helps, York it's such yeah. a such, there's such a circle of people that you're like oh you know that person well I know this person there's so many mutual connections and then Oh, and I, I know somebody that'll be great in that. Let's let's cast them in that. Let's do that. You know. So that's that's been fun. Yeah, nice. And because it feels like it was a while ago now that you joined Minster FM after mm. um, winning the competition. <laughs> uh, had you done radio at all before that? Oh, no. no right, so you, oh, oh, okay. so not was... at all. Well, yeah, I'd done musical tech, not music technology, as a um, in, in sixth form, as an A level. So I'd done drama. English and music technology and the music it, it wasn't music it was learning how to use a, a recording studio so I'd but it wasn't radio so it was more learning how to set up a recording studio to record music um, and learning about PRS and contracts as if you were kind of a, it was almost like a music producer degree um, obviously in sixth form so it was a, an A level it didn't we never did podcasts or radio or anything so I was really interested in all of that and I, I did I remember saying when I was younger I used to listen to Pulse Radio on the way to school um and and Capital as well Pulse and Capital we'll shout out for them and I remember on being on the way to school sometimes being like oh, I could do this job because I love talking <laughs> but it just never it never came to me as something that I could do a degree in or anything like that. I don't know why. Right. It's not something that I thought, oh, I might look into doing that because I think I'm just aware that it's a really hard industry to get into, mm -hmm. which, you know, so is acting, I suppose. Because yeah, um, initially I wanted to go to uni to do drama, to be a drama teacher. Right. Oh, okay. So that, that's what my plan was. That's why I did theatre at uni. And then throughout my degree, I thought, well, I don't really want to be a teacher anymore. But I didn't know what I wanted to do, really. I then did a master's um, in community theatre. Okay. Because I thought maybe I can do like theatre and education, so I'm not quite a teacher, but I'm a facilitator and that. And I got, I did, I completed that, but I got to the end of it thinking, what am I going to do with this? And then I was listening to Minster FM, and they said, we're looking for a new breakfast show host. We're going to do a competition. If you want to enter, just go on our website. I thought, do you know what? What have I got to lose? Yeah. I don't have any experience, but I'm creative. I like chatting, and there must be hundreds of people going for this. So you know. The worst that can happen is that I just don't get it. Yes, yeah, exactly. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. so I I went for it. 
Yeah, went all the way. Well, yeah, there yeah. There must have been several rounds with her of sort of auditions, I suppose. There were. There was a little bit, a little bit of controversy around it actually, oh, yeah. <laughs> because um, the first round was uh, they did lots of different um, initial sixty seconds to shine is what they called it, and they did it in loads of different places in Yorkshire, oh, well, North Yorkshire. So my. Um, my audition was at Energy Trampoline Park, right. and that was kind of the one for Central York, but then they had a place in Malton, Pickering. They had all these different sort of places. I think they had like six or seven different rounds there for the first round. So you had 60 seconds to show what you could do. I did a share impression because I was like, I, I need to show that I'm fun. <laughs> you know? What was your share impression? Would you like to hear it? I would love to hear it. Okay. Um, this helps if it's visual as well okay. because I, I have to purse my lips like oh, shit. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. Okay, and we go, Do you believe in love after love? Ah, there you go. That's, I mean, that's, that's just a... Actually very good. Thank yeah, you. Nice, no, Thank you. Brilliant. Just a little snippet. So I did that for 30 seconds and then for the other 30 seconds I did a load of different accents and just kind of made a joke and was like, well, if you don't like me, then you can have one of these other personalities <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that I do. Um, and they seemed to like that okay, they asked me a few questions i got through to the next round which was at carluccio's and this was where they got 250 people down to 20 right. oh, so it was quite a large pool just down to 20 people yeah. and this was supposed to be a live round in front of people and it was they had like a big game wheel and they were sort of seeing how you did in front of a crowd um i was on holiday when they organized it and still on holiday when they booked it right um so they rang me and said, we want you to come down to Carluccio's. You're through to the final. It was all very fast. You're through to the final 20, but it's in three days. I was like, well, I'm in Venice <laughs> yeah. and I'm still going to be in Venice. And I thought, this is a, such a massive opportunity, but I can't just get a flight home, you know. Mm. So they, they liked me that much that they agreed to Zoom me in oh, wow, nice. to it. Um, they tried. They had no signal. They then rang me and I did some stuff over the phone. And after that, I just thought, I'm not going to get anywhere with this oh, at all. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, you know, there are people in the actually in the room being voted for. I think they had five judges' choices to get down to the top ten. Uh, five judges' choices and five audience choices. Now, I was very lucky in that they picked me as one of their judges' choices. Whether that was because they liked me or whether that was because they felt sorry for me because I couldn't be there, <laughs> I don't know. I suspect it's the former. Yes, let's hope, let's hope. Um, and then the final ten went through to a actual official job interview where you went in with the general manager, uh, the managing director of the station, Bridget, and actually did a formal interview to check that you actually had, you know, some qualifications and where you'd been to uni and, and sort of check that you actually had a right to work in the UK and all of this lot. Yeah. Um, and then after that, the final five, each did a show on air with Ben, the, the host that was, was currently on breakfast at, at Minster FM. And then we had two weeks to campaign for people to vote for us. Wow. So I did like loads of random stuff. I was working at the Grand Opera House at the time. So I, Joe McKeldry was there that okay, week right. from X Factor. <laughs> yeah. So I got him to do a video for me and say, you know, like vote for Laura. Uh, my brother's a drag queen, so I got my brother to do carpool karaoke in drag with me. Um, I just did loads of stuff to try and, you know, post on Twitter and Facebook and social media to try and show that I was fun and that I wanted it and that, you know, this is what people could expect from me if, if they voted for me. Um, now, from being from West Yorkshire, I didn't think they would vote for me because right, everyone yeah. else was from York. Okay, and I'm, yeah. you know, I, I do think I'm an or honorary York person now. Yeah, definitely. Because I'm from Bradford, I thought, oh, maybe they won't vote for me. Mm -hmm. But uh, they did. They did, nice. And I won. hey. hey. Wait, that was a very long-winded story. No, but... <laughs> and how long, I'm trying to... When, what year was that? It's probably longer than 2019. Right, OK, well. So I've been doing it for four years now, radio. Amazing. Yeah, well, kind of. And yeah. 
because you were paired with Ben presumably from the from the start. Was yes. that? Did you sort of feel like an instant rapport there? Absolutely, yes. Right. I mean, Ben is such a big character, big mm. personality. For those people that don't know who Ben Fry is, he was also formerly the town crier and, um, you know, has been a really big, uh, influential person, actually, in, in York, I think, for the last probably 10 plus years. Because yeah. not only has he been a, a breakfast show presenter on Minster FM and then obviously now York Mix. Um, before that, he was a presenter on Great Yorkshire Radio and he worked at Leeds United right. as a pitch announcer and everybody knew him there. So I think in Yorkshire, a lot of people know who he is and he's done a lot of charity, you know, charity events and things like that. So, yeah, but he's, yeah, he's a massive character. He's lots of fun. And, yeah, we just got on straight away. It was like a brother-sister yeah, friendship. Nice. And did you find having someone to banter with definitely sort of helped you? Oh, yes. Right. I remember my first week on air, I was so scared because I've, I've never done this before. Yeah, you know, I've never done this before. Yeah. Do I just talk? My first week on air, all of my family listened and messaged me every day going, why are you doing a posh accent for? Why are you doing a posh <laughs> accent? And it, was, it wasn't I was trying to put on an accent and be like, I'm not from Bradford because... To, to be honest, the appeal is that it's a local station. They want you to sound northern. Mm. Um, but I automatically, like, subconsciously was doing a phone voice. Right, you know, yeah, like yeah. a telephone voice. When yeah. you speak to someone on a phone, you kind of sound a bit more polite. Yeah. Um, and you you have more diction and that kind of thing. So they all thought I was being posh and I was being converted. But um, I did revert back to my Bradford self as soon as Ben would bring that out of me. So it was, it was nice to have... A mentor. He was he yeah. was a mentor for me for, you know, and still is to be honest because right. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and when you're first doing something like that, I imagine the fact you're like, oh my god, it's live, and oh yeah, you know, I have to really be careful what I'm saying here, and, mm -hmm. and if I say something stupid, then I can't take it back, etc. Yeah. I imagine all those sort of things yeah. go through your head. Yeah, um, which I, I assume over time you get used to, but yeah. I mean, you don't really, you don't realise as well sometimes the things that you say, like the impact they can have. Mm. So I remember um, Ben saying to me, he was relaying a story one time and he said, you know, if, if you ever mention anything about like, that you think is funny, some people may take it offensively or some people may actually message in. And so we had a news reader at the time, Kat, who mentioned in, in passing on air that she... Um, didn't know where the fog lights were on her car. She said, I don't know where the button is for my fog lights. And we kind of all had a laugh and we're like, oh, what do you mean? Ha, ha, ha. Mm. And then so many people got in touch to complain and be like, if you don't know where the fog lights are, you shouldn't be on the roads. And really went in went in on her. Um, and I remember after seeing that, I was a bit, because this was like my second week, I was a bit taken aback thinking like, oh, gosh, I have to be really careful what I say because if they're not on your side... The listeners are not on your side. Um, but I was quite lucky in that the listeners took me under their wing. Yeah, that is that. Yeah. <laughs> and they were were and are um, still on my side. But it was, yeah, really, really helpful for Ben to kind of walk me through all of that. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And also be, I imagine, sort of say, look, yeah, not everyone's going to like what you do and you just have to yeah. accept that. Yeah. It's always going to be, be on this day of social media as well. People are always going to express their thoughts instantly, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, uh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And I imagine, you know, in Mr. FM and York Mix now as well, you know, you've got quite a, a high sort of listenership, haven't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. We have. I mean, Minster FM, for the for those that don't know, Minster FM was a, a, a big radio station. We had 87,000 listeners in, in the... That was the last recorded figure that we had as, as yeah. the station, 87,000. And that had gone up 
in the time that me and Ben had been on air together, right. which is quite a compliment yeah. for, for us both as a, as a duo, I think. Um, it had gone up by about 7,000, which is oh, wow. really... I mean, that's massive. Yeah, yeah. wonderful, yeah. wonderful in, in the sort of two, two and a half years that we did together on, on Minster. And then, yeah, we the station got bought out, along with 47 other radio stations, yeah. local stations in the UK, by a company called Bauer. They bought out the stations, even though the stations weren't for sale, they bought them out. I don't really know how it works because yeah. I'm not a corporate person. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, we did lose, all, or everybody lost their jobs. I mean, there was about 800 local radio presenters out of work in the height of COVID. And we all kind of banded together and thought, well, this, the new station isn't going to be that local. So there's still a need for a local radio station. We all have this redundancy pay. What should we do with it? Do we all still want to be on the radio? Yeah. Do we all still want to serve the community? Yeah. So we all put our redundancy pay into a big pot and started a new radio station. Yeah. Which I think is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I remember at the time when that was happening, being like really pleased to hear that because mm-hmm. it's such a such a risk as well, really, wasn't it? At the yeah. time, I imagine there must have been a feeling of, mm-hmm. well, this doesn't work. You know, this is our redundancy pay. Well, yeah. Could, yeah. You know, that's a lot of money. But... Yeah. And it was in the middle of COVID. Right, yeah, so it, it was yeah. like, you know, this could... I remember the, the day that we actually started, because we, we were very lucky in that York Mix are already a digital news company in York that are established. They've been around for 10 years. And they sort of approached us and said, let's let's kind of merge. And you can have, you know, York Mix Radio, York Mix Sound is its own business. Right. And York Mix is its own business. But you can share our name. You can share our social media. Mm-hmm. We'll yes. be shareholders in your company. And we'll share everything. And you can help us. We can help you. We'll do your news reports. You do our kind of radio stuff, and and it kind of all merged together. So it meant that we weren't fully starting from scratch. But the day that we started the radio station, the first day on air, the fourth of January, twenty twenty one. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, twenty twenty one. Fourth of January, twenty twenty one, was the day after we went into national lockdown really? for the second time. Well, of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we were like on that morning, like, oh, okay. Well, we've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, there'll be a lot of people listening, hopefully, oh, because enough, everyone's yeah. at home. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> listening to their Alexas or radios. Um, but it was yeah, it was scary. It was scary, and we don't we didn't really know that it was working until a year. You know, right? Yeah, of course. Because you don't you can't see any profit or loss or anything no. really clearly for after you until you've been going for at least a year. Mm. And luckily, we're in our second year now, and you know. We're going strong and we're hiring more people all the time and we're just getting bigger and bigger and the listenership's going up. So that's a good sign. Which is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so do you know how uh, many listeners you roughly have for your breakfast show now at York Mix? Mm. Are you allowed to divulge those figures? Are you allowed to divulge? divulge. Um, well, it's a very strange system how they figure out listenership. They have There's a system called Rajar where you pay a lot of money to be part of it and that's the at the moment the only official way of knowing exactly well not exactly but roughly how many listeners you have and it's the only sort of um one that's accredited if that makes sense it's it's a lot of money to be part of Mm. um and because we're not on fm we're a digital radio station so where most of our listeners are online we can see our our streaming figures without being part of radar the only difference being part of radar is finding out who's listening to us in their car or on their dab radios which we do assume is a lot of people but only being two years old, it's not worth it for us to pay that right. amount to be part right. of Rajar when the only difference is 
they'll use our streaming figures that we already have access to. And then they, the way they do it, it's quite old school, is they go door to door on random streets and, and do a survey of right. who, you, who do you listen to. Okay. And then they have a formula where they like multiply that by however many streets there are in that area. But then okay. you're sort of thinking, well, we broadcast to North Yorkshire, yes, but you know, my auntie lives in Australia and she listens on her, yeah, you know, and, nice, and I know yeah. that she listens on streaming, so we can count her, but you you don't, it's not a, it's really not that much of a valid way of okay. figuring out who is listening. Um, so we know that in the last figure we had, we, we have 105,000 streams in a month. Right. So if we kind of go into that and think, well, that's not 105,000 separate people because a lot of people listen five times a week. So, yeah. you know, if we kind of do the maths with that, we think we're probably at between 30 to 40,000 listeners, okay, nice. uh, weekly listeners, 30 to 40,000 weekly listeners, which is a rough estimate. And that's just based on our streaming figures. That's not even including people that listen on DAB. But to say that we, you know, Minster FM was a station that had been going for 25, 30 years yeah. and we'd got to 87,000 yeah. and it was a, you know, a, a nationally well-known station. Yeah, it was. This is a local station based in York, and we're already at sort of thirty to forty thousand. Um, we're two years old. But yeah, you know, it's for a real us, to you all. Yeah. we're completely happy with that. Right, so, right. yeah, star, star, star. Not fully confirmed actual right, figures. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of Just course, uh, so I don't get that. in yeah, <laughs> trouble. <laughs> um, so, I mean, obviously, you do all the, the radio stuff, and that's well established with you and Ben now, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems to me, from what, especially what I see of you on social media, that just as much time with York Mix for you spent mm-hmm. doing events now as well. Oh, gosh, yes. Yes, the events are massive. And there's been quite a change since January. I'm not sure if, if you're aware, but Ben is actually not on The Breakfast Show with me anymore. Oh, is he not? I was not no, aware of that. Yeah. That's terrible. I should have done my yes. research. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, um, ben, has moved, ben has his own business in York and um, he's got a lot on so he has moved to afternoons okay. I am currently doing the breakfast show with David Green who right. is the managing director of Yomics he's great fun lots of fun it's a very different show but it's you know still lots of fun and we are looking for a breakfast presenter to join me oh, wow. in, in February I don't know who that will be yet um, so that watch this space Indeed. Yeah, that will be fun yeah, yeah. you know if anyone sees a little job come up yeah, and you want to come yeah. and work with me yay I'm sure I'm sure they'll be queuing up like oh that. yes <laughs> yeah. I hope so um so that's a really exciting new thing that's going to happen yeah, uh, Ben's still on the station which is fantastic and yeah it does mean because Ben and I used to do a lot of the events together and Ben also did a lot of events on his own because he'd been there for so long uh, at Minster and Yacht Mix um so it does mean that now I, I'm kind of taking a step forward and my sort of main role now at, at Yacht Mix um, as well as like admin and sending people prizes in the post is the breakfast presenter who hosts the events okay right so yeah it's it's my favourite part of the job is it right okay yes yeah. I love being on the radio it's great fun but you're talking to one other person mm. sometimes you're talking to yourself yeah you know I know you're talking to the listeners but you're in a room on your own yeah of course doesn't feel that sociable yeah. 
And being somebody who loves acting and being on stage and, and that kind of thing, you know, standing on a stage in front of 30,000 people introducing McFly at York Racecourse, yeah, yeah, nice. the feeling that you get, even though you're only on, like, you're like, these people aren't here to see me, but the feeling that you get when you say, you know, make some noise for this incredible band and that all these people are sort of screaming in front of you, it's like, wow. It's just a sea of people. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, like, oh, this great. is this Would is you amazing. say that's been a highlight? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, whenever people ask me my highlight, I'm like, yeah, McFly. Because right. we got to be backstage for McFly. Oh, I've been a big fan of McFly since I was young. Um, did you get to have a chat with them? I did. I've got Dougie Pointer's um, guitar pick plectrum thing in my bag at home. Were they all pleasant chaps? Lovely. Nice. Lovely, lovely people, yeah. They were really, really lovely. Really happy to just like chat to you and take pictures. And they were, they were just normal. You know, yeah, they were there to yeah, sort of nice. rock out the crowd, which was great. And um, they were grateful for us to sort of warm up the crowd because yeah, yeah. some some artists don't want that. Right, OK. Mm, yeah, not naming any names. That's interesting. Right. Yes, some artists don't want to be announced. Right. Um, or, yeah, don't don't want the big kind of... They want to just come on and sort of get all the, the cheers themselves. Themselves, right, OK. <laughs> yeah, okay. which has happened a few times. But, um, yeah, that McFly at the race course and the Yorkshire Balloon Fiesta... No, of course. Because yeah, um, yeah. we've done that. I mean, I've hosted that two, two, three years in a row now. And each year it just gets bigger and bigger. And I know, obviously, this year it's not going to be at the race course anymore. Right. Because it's, it's been moved on. And they haven't announced where it's going to be. Um, fingers crossed it's going to stay in North Yorkshire so we can host it again. Um, if it doesn't, you know, it's, a, it's just an amazing event. It's been very, you know, lovely for us to have seen it grow year after year. Mm because it's a brilliant community event and it raises so much money for charity every year. I mean, last year, well, the last year just gone, they've raised 60 grand to split between two, three amazing charities in York. So it's great to be a part of that. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, because I feel like your profile in York is is getting pretty big now. <laughs> so, I mean, do, do you sort of, have you noticed any sort of change in the last couple of years, even just, I suppose, well, I mean, I know there was a massive post of you on the buses, for instance. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Which I saw a few times, but have you ever? I don't know. Like walking down the street, have people like approached mm. you saying, "Oh, like, oh, Laura from York Mix Radio." Has that happened yet? Yes. Right. Yeah, it does happen sometimes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I'll get I'll get to the funny story in okay. a moment, but um, yeah, the, I mean, the peak of my career was when I was in Lidl. Right, nice. In Acom. Yeah. And I was buying my croissant uh-huh. for the morning. So I was in the pastry section and somebody stopped me and, and was like, hi, Laura, and was chatting to me. Um, and the thing is, sometimes you're like, are you a listener or are you one of my mum's friends? <laughs> you know, because they go, yeah. oh, I haven't seen you since you were this, you yeah, know. Of course, yeah. uh, and they, they talk to you like they know you because they do know, they know everything about you yeah. and they feel like they know you because yeah. they they listen you know every day so the there was this, this, in little this woman was like how's dwight your dog and you know oh and, the, and she was referencing things about my life and i'm thinking do i know you like mm-hmm. do i know you because you know so much about me or is it that you listen yeah, and the yeah. only way to find out really is to wait until the end of the conversation and then they th- then they say i oh, anyway love listening to you every morning right and nice. you're like oh yeah, okay yeah. right you listen you listen so that's happened to me a few times uh, every time that I have been recognised, I've been with the same friend. So that particular friend of mine, she's called Maddie, she thinks I'm well famous nice. because she's like, every time I go out with you, you get recognised. I'm like, actually, I've only been recognised five times. It's just always been with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I didn't quite realise the full extent of it until I <laughs> became single right. and went on dating apps. Oh, right. Which is very interesting. Yeah, I bet it is. Yes. Um, I'm not on dating apps anymore. Sorry to disappoint everyone. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, weird. Because I, I, not to go into my personal life too much, but I was in a very long, long relationship, so I'd never 
never even gone on dating apps. So to go on dating apps as a person who I didn't realise people listened to me, really, you know, yeah. you forget. Yeah, of course you do. Until yeah, yeah. they sort of match with you and they're like, I listen to you every morning. And you're like, oh, okay. Oh, that's weird. Weird. Yeah. I, I didn't like it when people opened with that. Mm. Or they would open with something that they knew about me. So they'd be like, oh, hey, Laura, you know, I, I listened to the show this morning. Can't believe that person didn't win that prize. And I'm like, oh. Uh. I don't know how I feel about the fact yeah. that you already know so much about me. Yeah, God, that is weird. What do I do from here? Like, all the questions you're going to ask me, you already know the answers to. And I did find that very, very strange. Mm. And I think that was the, kind of one of the moments where I was like, oh, I didn't quite realise. This sounds big-headed, but, like, what my profile was like, I yeah. didn't know. Yeah, I suppose I, you wouldn't, would yeah. you? Yeah, until I was faced with strangers who knew who I was. Yeah. And wanted to date me. <laughs> yeah, no, that is weird. Yeah, I, I kind of made a rule yeah. to myself where I was like, "Don't date a listener." That's yeah, not. Right, I'm not yeah. doing that. I think that's yeah. fair. Yeah, because yeah. they say they're not. They don't actually really know you, do they? Exactly. They assume that they do, yeah. but they don't. And yeah, that is. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I can imagine they'd be like, "Oh, are they? Are they just dating because they like the idea of dating someone that well, they yeah. listen to on the radio?" It's yeah. almost like that sort of semi-famous thing. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. And it's all fun and games until I start talking about them on the radio, and then they get real sad about that. I'm right. like, "Well, yeah. you know, if you're gonna date a radio presenter." You have to kind of know that some of your life will be aired on the radio because the the main thing that we talk about is some things that happen. In, you know, of course we talk about community events, of course we talk about that kind of thing and, and local businesses. But the main thing on radio is that people can relate to the stories you're telling, and people want to laugh and people want light relief in the morning. Yeah. So, you know, you you talk talk it telling people about a story of when you went out at the weekend and something funny happened to you and your partner, or you know you have to kind of assume that you're going to be part of that. Right, yeah. So that that's yeah. in the deal, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I can, I can understand then, yeah, why you wouldn't want to be on the dating apps just, just now anyway. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. No, we're off those now. God, that's amazing, actually. I know, isn't it weird? Yeah. <laughs> I know yes. that's gone off on a bit of a tangent and you no, no, weren't expecting great. that answer, but that's the truth. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, I suppose when you are doing loads of stuff and you're bombing front of thousands of people, loads of people listening, I suppose mm -hmm. that inevitably is, is going to happen. Yeah. Just go back to what you said about Lidl. Yeah, I can imagine <laughs> you'd have to be careful not to maybe offend someone. Yes. Because you'd because yeah, you if you think it's yourself, do I actually know you? And if you just assume they're a listener, if it is mm -hmm. someone that maybe you've met or done something with, then they're gonna be upset. Oh I can't believe you don't Yeah. You just think I'm a listener. But mm -hmm. at the same time <laughs> if they are if they are listener, just a listener, why would yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. You yeah, know, yeah. and sometimes they get offended, um, or they seem to get offended when you don't know their name. Right. And so and I'm like, well, I've never seen you before. I've, I, you know, we have so many people, love, lovely, lovely, loyal listeners who, who message in every day and we oh, know right. them by name and I know them by voice. They can ring up and they don't have to say their name. I know exactly who they are. Mm. But if I saw them in person, I probably wouldn't right. know no, who they no, were because no, I've never seen them, yeah. you know. And they know who you are because, of course, they know what you look like because they've seen you on the buses and yeah. the videos and everything. So they come up to you and then they get a bit, like, disheartened that you well, don't recognise them. I'm like, yeah, but I've never seen you right. before. Exactly, yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I wish I did. Um, so that's a weird, a weird experience. But, yeah, now we have WhatsApp on our radio station so I can right. see people's profile pictures. Not that I creep okay. on them, but, like, you sure, know, it helps. Yeah, it yeah. helps because you can kind of see what what they look like if they bump into you at events and whatnot. I suppose it must. Does you feel like it gives you just a little glimpse of what it must be like to be famous and actually oh, how yeah. you've got to? I remember Ricky Gervais saying actually like 
if he's having a bad day, but if someone comes up to him, he's like, I have to, I have mm. to be nice because if I'm not nice, then suddenly it's all over the paper. It's everywhere. It's suddenly I'm a terrible person. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine six if you're just mind your own business and little, and someone comes up to you, if even if you're not having a great day, you kind of got to be on it, haven't yeah. you? Really? Yeah. Otherwise, they're going to come away going, "Oh, I don't not listen to her on your mix." Is off her, <laughs> yeah, off yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. the 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 public's perception of you is you know is really important, and like again on such a lesser scale because I'm literally a breakfast presenter on a local radio station. Of course, it's not, it's all relative. you know, but a yeah, lot of it is. Like, York do know who you are. Yeah, 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 and it is all relative, and and it is that kind of you know you have to watch what you say or watch what you post. In particular, I remember one time I I posted on Twitter. About, and I swore in my tweet. Right. I put a, I put a swear word in okay. my tweet because I was angry at. Um, it was about body shaming, so it was a, an important issue to me, and I was kind of getting a bit irate about something, um, a, a body shaming issue. And I was like, you know, I won't actually swear, but what the f is, right, yeah. you know, going on here? Da, 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 da. And it, I was trying to make a very social um, point, you know, um, and a poignant thing. But uh, I got top, majorly told off right. and told to delete the tweets okay, because right. I work for a family show mm-hmm. and I can't be seen to be swearing. Right, yeah, of course. Which is weird because twi- the Twitter account, my Twitter account isn't my work account, don't have a mm. work account, but because it's the only account I have, it is my work account. Yeah, I suppose so. Same with my Instagram account. Everything, um, you know, Facebook's a bit different, but anything that people can follow you on without having to request you to follow them back or anything mm-hmm. like that yeah. anything that's public yeah. you have to kind of kind of be careful yeah which i didn't think about ever until that happened to me yeah i suppose you've almost so. got to think about like if i've got to treat this like it's going to be a published work or it's going to be mm-hmm. a newspaper article or something. yeah when, kind of one day when i'm uh on i'm a celeb this could come back to me <laughs> yes, they're going to dig yeah. out a random tweet from yeah. 2010 and be yeah. like ah she's Horrible, yeah, look so. at what she wrote. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Episode, isn't it? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's, uh, I'm conscious of time, Laura, but there's one thing I did want to touch on here before before we wrap up. Yes. Um, and that's obviously recently you were in an episode of Happy Valley, <laughs> which is pretty amazing. Yes. So uh, I, d- I must admit, I, I don't watch the show, but I did mm-hmm. watch the clip that you were in. <gasps> Thank you. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. You you got a laugh, <laughs> I, I see, in the scene, you. which was excellent. Nice little sarcastic yes. comment from you there. Yes. Um, just talk to me about the experience of being in that and how, how that came about. I'm assuming you, because I remember we had a conversation a while ago where you've got an agent. Mm-hmm. Um, so presumably acting is something that you want to pursue more of. Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. I um I started going to an acting class called Act for TV right. in Leeds, and uh, just literally off the back of that, before I even got my agent, I was I was sort of going there for a, through COVID on Zoom, and then after COVID uh, in person, just because I wanted to kind of get sink my teeth into something a bit. Particularly through COVID, there was no shows obviously mm. going on, um, and uh, it's an acting for screen class. I'd never really done acting for screen before. I'd always done theatre productions. Thought it was something really fun. And then uh, all of a sudden they were kind of handing out self-tapes for us and and sort of said, well, this casting director's been in touch. They're looking for West Yorkshire performers to come and be in Happy Valley. I thought it's just going to be like supporting artist roles or extras roles, which is, you know, still amazing. Great. Let's let's sort of audition for a few. I did. Um, I got a part, speaking part. And not only am I in episode three, which has just been... Released. Uh, I'm also in episode six. Oh wow! Excellent. Um, and I have a lot more lines in episode six. Oh, fantastic! I have like a full 
arrest scene. I won't go too much into detail, spoilers. Okay, nice, nice. But I have, you know, a full arrest scene where I read someone their rights. And I mean, that was the first day on set. Great. Amazing. I was there for half a day. I had my own trailer. I thought, <laughs> have amazing. they got the right person here? Oh, I've yeah. only got one line and it's cash socks and his toothbrush. Like, you know... What's going on? This is mental. I had somebody bring breakfast to me. Somebody wow. came and did my makeup and my hair. It was it was insane. Yeah. You know, I thought, gosh, if I'm being treated like this and I've got one line, imagine the throne that Sarah Lancashire is currently right. sat yeah, on. Something. You know, yeah, yeah. being fed grapes. Um, I didn't get to meet her, which is really did sad. You know, no, no, I, I would no have loved to. No, no yeah. scenes with her. So I did the first day of filming, and then they said, "Can you come back and do episode six as well?" I thought, great. But that one was tough. I mean, that one was, again, I can't go into too much detail because spoiler alerts, but I was in full uniform, stab vests, everything. It was a boiling hot day. It was like 27 degrees and it was a full, full day of shooting. And we were so hot, so warm. And it was kind of getting the same shot 17 different times from different angles. So it was really, you don't realise how much hard work it is. I I thought, I've, I've got four lines here. I've got four lines. This is one scene. This scene is probably about a minute long. And this episode's 45 minutes to an hour. Right, yeah. And we've spent a whole day on it. So th- it was really eye-opening for me to see genuinely how much work goes into a show like that. And it's, you know, I mean, it's clear when you watch it. It's such brilliant TV. Right, yeah. It's such an amazing drama. I mean, people have been raving about it, and I must admit, I'm like, oh, I really need to watch it. You I've, do. I've never seen it. Oh, you do. Um, so, yes, I will. Uh, it's very good. Especially if I know that you're in an episode in three weeks' time, and I'll yes. see if I can binge it. And, it's uh, easy to binge, right. believe me. Yeah, uh, Siobhan Finneran, did you have anything to do with her? I didn't or, you know. not know she wasn't around I either. didn't know. The, the only actress that I actually met um, was was the girl that plays, She's and she's called Charlie, I can't remember her surname, Charlie Murphy. She's right. called Charlie okay. Murphy. And she played Anne, uh, Anne Gallagher, who is one of the main characters in the show. So um, it was really nice to, to work with her, and she was lovely, really yes. lovely. How did you find just the experience of working with the crew and sort of the other other sort of actors around you? Was it all mm. sort of pretty pleasant? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Everyone, nice, yeah. So everyone gets on with each other. Everyone sort of asks how each other are. In the first episode, the person I was with, it was also his. He was from Active TV as well. Right. Uh, not in the same class as me, but it was his first TV role. He's now a main character in Coronation Street. Nice. So I'm like waiting for my call. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is great. And uh, yeah, in the second episode. Um, what in the second episode that I filmed, what was really interesting was that they, with Happy Valley, they, they really want it to be as close to the truth as possible. Okay. And so they have a real police officer there. All of the police officers that I were working with on that scene who would, didn't have lines, who were just there to be police, were real police officers or ex-police officers. Um, so all of the wording, you know, had to be 100% correct. All of the actions had to be 100% correct. They d- they don't want any of it to be you know exaggerated in any way. Okay, right. Which is um yeah, which is amazing because yeah, yes, you'd yeah. think you've got a bit of poetic license here you could you know but the the grittiness of Halifax crime which is <laughs> yeah. where it's based seemed to be enough. How did you find mm. the experience of being on on a set like that compared to sets when you do I suppose with the community sort of films that, that mm. you might have done, do you feel like, oh, well, this is wildly different or actually are there similarities? Or? There are similarities in that, um, well, I mean, uh, the biggest difference for me is that it wasn't ne- it wasn't a set. It oh, right. was a house that okay. they had, and I was like, this is a real house on a real street. There are neighbours looking out of the window because okay, they're wanting yeah. to look at what's going on. Right. They've obviously been told that they're filming that day, but um, it was a house that they'd found. Right. And okay. uh, and they they did that with a lot of the places. So rarely 
did it feel like you were walking into like a you know like a box set that they had built it, okay. in like a studio we didn't yeah. not we we never worked in a studio right. it was all the first episode we'd filmed was in an office block and it was supposed to be in an office block but it was it was kind of a set as well it was a um dean clough mill in halifax right. so they turned it into a police station um but it was still you know it didn't feel like a set it felt like you were right there right. um which was interesting and also just the amount of crew that they have okay. obviously I've done student films and stuff before um and and sort of amateur stuff mm-hmm. community stuff and you sort of one camera or two right, cameras yeah, where exactly. this is like multi-camera you're looking into five you're being right. filmed five different ways at the same time okay, well. then they film these characters then they film you they film you like I say it's it's you think ah oh, one take and it's going to be done actually no it's like yeah 17 takes for one scene Gosh, yeah you're there for seven hours. You understand then why a lot of TV actors say that's just really hard work. It yeah. is. It really is hard yeah. work. You know, anybody that sits there and kind of looks at TV and goes, oh, that's a well easy job. That It's not. Mm. It's really hard work, but very rewarding at the yeah. same time. Oh, that's great. Mm. Uh, well, Laura Castle, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank many you. congratulations again with Happy Valley. Thank you. Uh, I'm sure it will lead to many more uh, excellent TV roles. Fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, and obviously all the best with, with York Mix and continuing to do that and whatever ventures the future has in store for you thank you tune in guys yachtmix.com thanks nice nice little plug plug. yeah of course (laughs) i welcome (laughs) great thanks lauren thank you Matt.